KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall with your hosts Corbin Sturch and Zachary Payne, your vintage radio program here on KUOZ 100.5 FM. Community radio produced by the Radio Television Video Department here at University of the Ozarks in Clarksville, Arkansas. From the concert hall plays some of the famous artists of the past, as well as features a few of our very own from right here at home. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we take you live right here to our very own little concert hall. Hello and thank you for tuning in. I'm Corbin Sturch. Tonight with us we have Kathleen Mowry. But before we start, I'd like to send out a special get well to my co-host, Zachary Payne, who's out sick tonight. So if everyone would just remember him as we go through the show tonight. So Kathleen, welcome to the show. It's nice to have you here. It's good to be here. So how you've been with us here all day at KUOZ, yes. recording, working. How has that experience been for you? Um, tiring, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but really fun. I didn't know it could be so fun to <laughs> continuously, like, it. you really improve on yourself when you keep singing over and over again. <laughs> any, any highlights from the day you'd like to tell the audience? Um, I had a really great sandwich for lunch, <laughs> uh, but I'd say highlight for the KUOZ stuff uh when we recorded we were in here recording and we had been looking for the right mp3 as accompaniment and we found the perfect one and it (laughs) made my day and now I get to keep that accompaniment and I can use it in the future yeah not gonna lie kind of the best part of my week (laughs) is that sad i don't know i mean we stay so busy around here just here at the university that it's hard little things it's little things that make our week i didn't even know how much effort went into this (laughs) uh until i spent all day today and last night working for this (laughs) so congrats to all you tv radio people at university ozarks well, it's not just us. It's everyone who does radio and television everywhere. It's it's ours that go into each show. <laughs> How do you do it? Lots of coffee. Lots and lots of coffee. So, Kathleen, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, would you? Um. Well, I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, and I've been singing since I was in, I guess, sixth grade. Uh, I auditioned for All Region Choir and got it three times. And then I went to All State one year. And I just really like singing. <laughs> so what is it that originally brought you to music, would you say? Um, I guess I would say my grandpa. He sings. He has his own album. Um, <laughs> Charlie Crow. Look him up on YouTube. Um, he has a song about Bobby Petrino, That Scandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a song called The Curse of Cursive Writing uh, about how in seventh grade he walked out of the classroom when they did cursive writing and then his mom whooped his butt because uh, you can't just walk out of school. That's right. He sings a lot of folky stuff and he also sings in the um the the Arkansas uh chamber choir or chamber chorus? Yeah, I think so. Um I've been to their concert so much, I can't believe I forgot, but he he's just always played music. Ever since I was a child, he would create songs with us and ever since I was like in first grade he's been writing this song called the donut song and it is still not finished um so has he given us an expected date that it might be done oh we talked about it recently 
And I think we've determined that there's just going to be a hole in the song, just like a donut. <laughs> it's just not fillable. Um, <laughs> we'll figure it out someday, maybe. You know, if he's been working on it for this long, how long is this song? It's it's not that long. We just can't find <laughs> anything else to write about donuts. <laughs> Have you ever tried to write a song about donuts? No, I haven't. Exactly. Don't do it. Um... Well, wait, now, has he had Shipley's Donuts here in town? They are phenomenal. Okay, Shipley's I th- maybe started in Little Rock. I'd like to say they did because there are like five Shipley's in Little Rock, <laughs> and all of them are delicious. Oh, they are. That's what makes my mornings whenever we have productions here at KUSZ. Someone always comes in with either cupcakes from the cake house or Shipley's Donuts. And it's always a good morning when you see that. That sounds so good right now. (laughs) Well, yeah, we've worked you probably starving. (laughs) (laughs) Only a little bit. (laughs) Cutting into your dinner and whatnot. Well, it cut into yours, too, so... Oh, I wouldn't say... Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So, why classical music? Um, well... I'm classified as an alto. Uh, I can sing, for anybody who knows how to read music who's listening, I can sing on the bass clef to about a D or a C sharp. And on the treble clef, I can sing a high mm, E or F. Mm -hmm. And so... As an alto, I don't get to work that top part of my range. <laughs> but when I get to sing classical music, especially solo music, I get to sing and like expand my range, and it's just so much fun. Now, you've also done some work with theater. Can you tell us more about that? What did you do in theater? Um, for the most part, I did, I did theater in high school and in middle school. And the first time I was in a musical, I was in eighth grade, and it was nonsense. (laughs) I love that one. And I played Sister Robert Ann, (laughs) who um, is a... She's a handful. (laughs) And she has this song called Playing Second Fiddle, where my theater teacher, for the production, he had me ride onto the stage on, like, a cart wearing a hula skirt and a coconut bra over my habit and nun outfit. <laughs> and it it was great. It was exhilarating. It was a mostly alto song because um, I can, when I'm singing classical music, I can go into my soprano range. I can't right. belt soprano stuff. But when it comes to belting alto stuff, I'm on it. Um, <laughs> that sounds kind of conceited, but I'll go with it. Uh, so that was really great. And then I just kept auditioning for the musicals. And the last musical I did was Once Upon a Mattress. And I had never gotten the leading role. By the way, that is uh, The Princess and the Pea. Just to clarify that, that's a musical about the princess and the pea. Um, <laughs> and I sang this song called Happily Ever After. And I got to belt and I danced around wearing like Victorian era, like underclothing. And it was just very funny. And I just really love musical theater. (laughs) You can just be ridiculous and silly and sing so many ridiculous things. So now coming into college, you actually decided not to pursue music as a major. Do you want to tell our listeners a bit about that? Um, well, I love music and I love singing I I mean, I'm taking musicianship too this year. Right. <laughs> I which doesn't actually fit into my schedule very well, but <laughs> I chose not to do music as a major because I want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I've wanted to be a teacher ever since I was in 8th grade. Uh I was in church one day and this one of the pastors came up and he was talking to us about his foster children. And it just kind of occurred to me that I wanted to work with kids and that that was something I wanted to do. And I decided that 
one of the ways I want to work with kids is I want to work in the public schools in Little Rock because mm-hmm. they're not doing too well right now. Um, and I want to help change that. And one of the best ways to reach the most kids is to do, well, I'm an English major with an education minor, to teach English. Everyone has to take English. Right. So I'll hopefully be able to make some sort of difference. <laughs> so while some people change lives through music, and you certainly do that, you want to be able to be more hands-on and interactive in the field and do something else you love. Yeah, and I still want to do music. And I think that music plays a big part in literature mm-hmm. because, oh, like, junior year, I was reading um, For Whom the Bell Tolls right. by Hemingway. Um and I was also listening to Frank Sinatra, and it it worked perfectly. It was it was like Frank Sinatra wrote all of his songs to be matched with Hemingway books. So music <laughs> incorporates with books and with literature. It's it enhances literature. Do you remember which Sinatra piece it was? Oh my gosh, um, what's that song that goes? I know I stand in line till you think you have the time to spend an evening with me. Oh, goodness. I couldn't tell she you. She has so many songs. I know. And they're all so good. Of course, I think everyone knows him for, like, Fly Me to the Moon, New York, New York. Which are also like amazing that. songs. Oh, I love Fly Me to the Moon. What was that show? Pan Am? They had on ABC. Yes. They got two seasons. That was their opener. Oh, oh my gosh. That was a good show. I don't know why they took it off, but that was a good show. I like the Michael Bublé cover of Come Fly With Me. Um, (laughs) I actually haven't heard that one, I don't think. Michael Bublé is a dream boat, so I suggest you listen to that. I I will. (laughs) We may actually have him here in the station. I never know what we have. We have so much here, you know? (laughs) So... Listening to this music, you think... So, your theory is Sinatra and Hemingway planned this. Probably. <laughs> they probably sat down in a room and said to each other, you know what would be really great if we got together and collaborated on this book. <laughs> and so they did. But they didn't tell anyone because Hemingway was going through some personal stuff with all of his marriages or whatever. So... I figured it out, though. I know the truth. (laughs) Ah. Now, as a singer yourself, what would you say are some of your highlighting moments in your career, some of your favorite experiences, just as a soloist? I know you've traveled across the state. And actually, I think I'd I'd really like to hear about that. I know you've traveled a lot here within Central Arkansas. Um, well, the... I think the most exciting thing that I've ever done traveling, um, I auditioned for all region and I got 13th chair and then I auditioned for all state and I got 12th chair alto two. Mm-hmm. And we traveled to hot springs, which isn't that far away, but it was such an amazing experience because for anyone who doesn't know what all state is, you basically get all of these singers who have auditioned and competed and they put you together and they give you these pieces to sing. You have to learn new pieces. Sometimes you're doing the pieces you auditioned with, but not always. And so you're surrounded by all these talented people mm-hmm. and doing this beautiful, powerful music. And it, it was just so great to be surrounded by people who loved music, especially classical music, as much <laughs> as I do. I, I can attest to an experience like that of my own. Many people who know me, even you, yes. that's, that's how we met, um, I think, was with my coming back from Interlochen. I had ran into you, and we'd cross paths in the church with your work. Um, now, I'll stay, well, the choir. Mm-hmm. That's only a few days you have to do this, right? You have one day. One day. You have, you have for, ooh, let's see if I can remember this right. When you do Allstate, you stay the night. Mm-hmm. And I think you stay the night two nights. One of the, one of the nights you get there, 
and you just kind of meet everyone. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, you spend the whole day practicing. Would you say it was kind of like here today? <laughs> or were we a bit more intense? Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I feel like I put in more personal effort here. But when you're in a group of, like, 100 people. Right. And you can't all say or you can't all sing the syllable T at the same time, and your conductor is yelling at you, it is so much more stressful. <laughs> Corbin did not yell at me today. He was perfect. Uh, I think I put more stress on you than you did yourself. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but with the Allstate Choir, it was just one of those things that you can't really you have four years to do it in high school mm-hmm. you can audition every year um if you got into all region but you don't have that opportunity as an adult really unless you, you are a music major and you have chamber choir like we have yeah chamber choir or if you have some sort of like community course maybe yeah you just don't get that kind of an opportunity to bring people from all over the state together to sing. Right. There was this composer recently, it was within the past like five years, where he got a bunch of people uh, all over the world to learn his choral piece and they mm-hmm. sang it through webcam together. Wasn't that Whitaker or was I it someone else? I think so. I really feel like that's something, I feel like Whitaker's doing that a lot actually. And that's awesome. It is. And it's really cool because when you do it, you actually see some of these people who actually have like cameras in front of them. <laughs> I remember seeing this too now. You see their picture, and it's like this tiny little square out of like so many on the screen. It's, it's just really amazing because that also means that they put in personal effort to learn that music. They didn't get together with the conductor and have people play it out on the piano for them and run <laughs> over it for days on end. They learned it themselves. And that's something else about Allstate. To even get into Allstate, you have to practice your audition piece. And you don't know what section of the song they're Mm -hmm. going to make you audition with. So you have to make the whole song perfect. And you have to do that on your own. Or at least I did. My my choir uh, director did not help me as much, but I did have a voice teacher uh, in Little Rock, Kira Keating, the best voice teacher on earth, um, who helped me get through it, and she helped so many other students get through it. Sounds like a blessing. Um, Yes. (laughs) She was also my boss at, um, well, she hired me, at First Christian Church of Little Rock to be the alto to or the alto section leader, and she's just great. <laughs> she's kind. She actually cares about the people in her choir at church, and that's something you get in a church choir, right? People who really care about you. I think <laughs> one of them. Oh my gosh, one of the members of the choir, Glenn. Oh, I forgot to tell Glenn to listen tonight. He. He got me this Subaru racing hat for my birthday because he would always make fun of me for having a Subaru. And this is like a 75-year-old man who would come up and go, I see you driving your Subaru. And I'm just like, no, Glenn, it's a Subaru. And then he would continue to mispronounce it just to bother me. Um, and you you just get people who really care about you in the choir it's a family. Yeah. Any close to musical group. I know, like, when I was working in church music, everyone who I came in contact with to my program, they were they became family to me. We, I mean, we were so close to each other. And even now at the university, the chamber singers, we're together so much, and we have to do, we have to work so hard together that we've become a family. And you travel together, <laughs> and you beg a certain bus driver to pull over to Starbucks and he won't. <laughs> Clayton. Um, yeah. No resentment there. <laughs> it's just, that's another reason I love music. You become close with people that you wouldn't necessarily 
meet or come into contact with. Right. I mean, our chamber singers group here at the university, they aren't music majors. Not everyone is. Oh, they're so diverse. Okay. Let me tell you a story. So I, I just said that you would become friends with people you weren't, you wouldn't normally become friends with. Right. This girl in chamber singers, really sweet, really nice. Um, she and I became really close friends. I don't really know how. I guess through chamber and also one morning we sat together at breakfast. And after being friends with each other for a while, she looks at me and she goes, I hated you at the beginning of this year. <laughs> I kind of just looked at her and I said, I get that a lot. Oh. Um, she she was like, I don't know. You're just not the type of person I normally hang out with. And I was like, well, I can tell you you're not either. And so that's an example of how sometimes you come into contact with people that normally you might rub the wrong way with, but you have that one thing in common. You have music and you have, then you find other things. Music is such a really close, it'll bring people a lot closer than most things will because it requires so much of your personality to go into it and so much intermixing of everyone's personalities. Now, before we get too sidetracked, you know, we <laughs> talked earlier about your recordings here at KUOZ. One of them was Isebos. Do you want us to tell us a bit about this? Iseba is a piece by Gabrielle Fauré. Um And, oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I love it. I had to sing it for my voice teacher, um, Kira. And then I also sang it at a French, uh, a French competition. And it's in French. It's all in French. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics basically mean, here below, all the flowers die. All the birds' songs are short. I dream of summers that will last forever. Down below, lips touch, but lightly. And there's no taste of sweetness that remains. I dream of a kiss that will last forever. Here below, every man is mourning his lost friendship and his lost love. I dream of fond lovers abiding forever. It's beautiful. It's really depressing. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's it's about how you can... There, there are so many things on earth that are really great, like mm-hmm. flowers and kisses, that don't last forever. And how, hopefully... The underlying message is that up above, in it'll, heaven... It'll all be together again. It'll all be better. Um, yeah. I just find it really beautiful and kind of haunting. <laughs> it is haunting, but I think I think the message in itself is very beautiful. And whenever it comes together in the native French, oh my goodness, is it gorgeous. I love French. It took five <laughs> years of it. That is my jam. It, it shows... I think only one of your pieces tonight isn't in French. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> so, True. We're about to play Ise Boss, but before we do, I want to invite anyone who'd like to call in while the song is playing to go ahead and give us a call in at 479-979-1490 or tweet us at FTCH underscore KUOZ. We might even read your tweets on the air. But again, that's 479 479- 979-1490. And here it is, Iseba by Kathleen Mowry. Thank you. 
You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're sitting here tonight with Ms. Kathleen Mowry. Kathleen, we talked a bit earlier and you mentioned with, to us about your work in the church. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Maybe some experiences you had, places you'd worked? Well, I started off singing occasionally at my church, uh, United Methodist, uh, Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. And I sang a couple solos, but I never joined the choir because I didn't have time and I couldn't drive. Um, <laughs> and then when I started working with my voice teacher, Kira, she offered me that job and I I took it. I grabbed it because it gave me more experience. Mm-hmm. It was a job that paid, which was <laughs> awesome for a high school student. And then it just gave me a great chance to work more. Um, one of the things about singing in the church is that you can really put a lot of emotion into it especially in seasons like Lent, um, (laughs) where you sing a lot of songs that really get pretty deep. Um, At the church, at First Christian Church of Little Rock, after we would sing these really deep and kind of heavy songs Mm -hmm. uh, on Good Friday, the the minister would have this cross and every person would get a nail and they would – take a hammer and nail their nail into the cross mm-hmm. and it was like the heaviest experience I've ever had at any church and throw in the music we sang with it and it was just goosebumps everywhere <laughs> see to me Good Friday is the most emotional service of the entire Christian year oh by far I know very few people who can actually make it through a service without tears the services are they're so emotional in the sense that you're sitting there and you've just had to visually within your mind witness the crucifixion and all of these afflictions that Jesus just went through carrying the cross up the hill to Calvary and then finally getting stabbed in the side by the Roman soldier and him saying it's finished today in in chamber singers we're singing a song called thy will be done and (laughs) it talks about the crucifixion you know this um and i turned to one of my fellow altos and i said i really don't want to sing this i'll cry i know i will (laughs) she looked at me and she was like why this is the most beautiful thing we can sing and i was like someone died this is about death and then throw in that it's about like your sins being wiped clean this is really harsh. I don't know if I want to bring my, like, you can't sing something like that without throwing in emotion. And that's, that's one of those things that you, you just have to do in a church choir. You have to throw in those, Mm -hmm. those dark songs and deal with it. Well, I mean, I think that's part of being someone who's in ministry, period, you have to not only be prepared for those low moments where that emotion is going to come out and know that you're going to cry, but it's also, I think, the highlight of it. That was always my favorite part of working for the church, was playing on those, well, they're called high Sundays, but those those days where the emotions were so high, the days where the service really meant, was really touching people. And seeing how the music really affected people. Seeing those tears or seeing those smiles. One of my favorite things, this is going away from the the Good Friday sad stuff. Probably a good um, thing. <laughs> once I was asked to sing at Pulaski Heights United Methodist, and I asked them, do I have to sing a song that's from, like, a specifically church song? Mm-hmm. Um And she said, no, no, you don't have to sing that. Uh, You can choose any song so long as you could possibly make it Mm -hmm. sound like it's about God. 
And I chose um, a Dixie Chicks rendition of this beautiful song. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the title, but it goes, I took this love and I took it down, climbed a mountain and I turned around. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so, yeah. Such a good song. Um, And my dad loves it. (laughs) It's called Landslide. Landslide. Um, And I sang it, and my dad, who has been asking me to sing this for years, he he was tearing up, and it was probably one of my favorite moments singing in the church, because not only could I see that other people were making that song relate to God, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't, that's not actually its purpose, you can make it. Um, my dad was just so happy and I like seeing my dad happy. <laughs> now, I'm I'm curious and I don't really know the song, but how did you tie it in? Uh, Landslide, there's one point where it says, uh, well, okay. The song basically is about this person who is dealing with stuff in their life Mm -hmm. and they have to deal with all this stuff and they keep falling down, Mm -hmm. but they deal with it. And that's one of those things about Christianity. Sometimes you don't really like what's going on in your life and you have a lot of questions and we're just reminded as Christians that, we're going to suffer those hard times, but Christ will help us through it all. And it doesn't always make sense either. No. <laughs> Sometimes you go through stuff and there's really not a way to biblically explain it. But you just kind of have to take a leap of faith and say, this is just going to happen, but mm-hmm. I'll move through it. And <laughs> I'll I'll get over it. I think that I think that that is actually a very beautiful way to tie in the song, and I can see why your dad wanted you to do it, even if it was just that he loved the song. Oh, he, my dad. If there's anyone other than my grandpa that's really influenced me to do music, it's my dad. He has always, he's always showing me songs and asking me to sing them. <laughs> he, there are a couple. Uh, Amy Winehouse songs he really wants me to sing. <laughs> he, he'll he hear a song on the radio and tell me, Katie, you've got to sing this. I don't know if you can, like, where where you're going to sing it, but you have to. For Christmas, he got me a tambourine. And he told me, Katie, like, if you're ever in a band, you could use this because you're, like, going to sing and you can always do the tambourine with it. <laughs> as, as long as it wasn't the whole... Here's a tambourine. I like. I want you to learn the tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he he really has supported me in my music, and I think he also really liked that I joined a church choir because mm-hmm. he also has really tried to support me in my faith and getting me to commit more to the church. Right. We haven't always seen eye to eye. There was one point when I was in like eighth grade where I told him I was Jewish. Um, <laughs> I didn't really know what that meant, uh, but I knew that I was having some sort of teen crisis with right. understanding how religion works, because that's kind of a big topic. It is. To throw on young children and be like, you have to believe this, because you can't really cognitively, there's no way to cognitively be- believe this right. stuff. You just have to believe. So anyways... He he asked me to go to youth group more, and I think that when I got into this church choir, it was one of the best ways that I've ever really mm-hmm. gotten in touch with faith, because music is, in my opinion, the best way that you can worship. I, I agree. My pet peeve in life is <laughs> when people smack um, or chew their gum loudly, but other than that, uh, when people are in church and a hymn is supposed to be sung and they don't sing. I know. When people, and when you ask them, they say, hey, uh, I just don't have a great voice. I'm not very good at singing. It's that That's not the point. God didn't say make a great noise or a good noise. God said make a <laughs> joyful noise. 
exactly. You, you're supposed to. It, it's just such a great way to connect, and it's a great way to connect with others in your community. It's a great way to make everyone feel at the same time, or at least like consider the same things. Because when a pastor says, "Let's bow our head and pray," some of the kids are over there and they're. Doodling on pieces of paper. Some of the parents are sitting there wondering how they're going to get all their kids to soccer practice later. It, it, you don't necessarily get everybody thinking at the same time about God, right? But it's kind of hard not to think about God when you're singing about Him. It is because your mind has to be totally focused on it. Yeah. Especially if you're not a musician, and then you've really got to listen and oh really gosh. got to concentrate. Yep. I, I always felt so bad. Growing up as a child. You know, I grew up in a church of Christ. So already there's not accompaniment. You just had to <laughs> dive right in. And I honestly, looking back, I think that's what helped me the most was having to just dive right in there. But I can remember growing up and there was always this one woman who would sit right behind me. And bless her heart, she would sing at the top of her lungs. And I'm so <sighs> glad she did. Really, I am. And a lot of people didn't like it. But... Honestly, I thought it was just the greatest thing because she was putting herself out there, even though she had trouble reading the words. She didn't really know them, and she wasn't really a musician. She wasn't really a musician. She didn't know how to do these things, but she loved to try. And bless her, even to this day, she does. Bless her heart. (laughs) But this woman really was kind of an inspiration to me. I think, you know, even though I didn't talk with her much and I never saw her much outside of church. She's such a hardworking woman, and she put so much of herself into trying. I think that was really what first touched me with music. I think everyone probably has an experience with that, having someone at the church who's not necessarily great at singing, (laughs) but they do it because they feel. They feel the music, and they want to worship that way. That's... I think that's the purpose behind it, wanting everyone to feel. Now tell us, you've had a lot of great experiences. Have you ever had any experiences that were particularly low or touched you strongly? Uh, I know that's a hard question. If we're talking about low experiences, um, oh man, I went through, you know how guys go through a period in middle school where their voices change? Yes. Um, seventh grade, I had just joined choir. And I went through that. I'm a girl. Uh, I was not expecting that. But for roughly a month plus, it sounded like I was a chain smoker. (laughs) Um, At least it wasn't this high. (laughs) Well, it was this low. So um, I think during puberty, our voices work in opposite. (laughs) The choir should just switch switch roles there for a while. I might have been a soprano before that. And then after this experience, it just dropped. But that meant that any music I was singing, it was just, it was awful. I did not, <laughs> I, I'm surprised I kept singing because I thought I was awful. <laughs> I genuinely thought I was the worst singer ever. Uh, and that was in seventh grade. I guess recently I had a choir, or not a choir, a voice lesson recital called the high note recital and I was singing this Copeland piece called I felt a funeral in my brain and it goes really high and I was so sick oh I was so sick but there was no getting out of this and my voice teacher just said just just support it from your from your diaphragm get deep breaths and you can do this and I looked at her and I was like if you say so (laughs) but don't you dare record this and it was it was embarrassing. Nobody else said that it was bad. Like that that whole it was great. You it, sounded so wonderful. You sounded great, even though you're sick. You sounded great in spite of your sickness. <laughs> um, but they could tell I was sick. Uh, it was it was just not a fun experience because I loved that song. Mm-hmm. I loved singing it. It's such a fun piece to sing, even though it's not fun to listen to because it's by Copeland and he really. Uh, gets crazy uh, with his piano accompaniment. If you're if you're a pianist like me, it's just like, hmm, what can I hit that just sounds terrible? 
I honestly, I think some pianists just slam the keys for that piece. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's what the music says, just slam keys repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it was so fun to sing and to it, it was fun. It was fun. Believe me. Uh, and I was miserable because I didn't get to do it at my best. And that was a low point. If we're talking about really memorable points in my singing career, mm-hmm. I'd say the French competition. Uh, oh man, what grade was I in? Junior year? Junior year, because it was French 4. I was singing Isiba. Um mm-hmm. and I had my accompaniment on my on a CD and I gave it to the guy to put in and he tried to play it and I started getting a nosebleed. Uh-huh. Uh I got the worst nosebleed. I get nosebleeds a lot when I'm nervous. I don't know why. I don't know how that works. If you're a psychologist <laughs> listening, please call in and tell me. But I got a horrible nosebleed. I had to like pinch my nose and then oh. my CD didn't work. And I went up to one of the judges and I said, I'm about to go on. I have a nose. I had to say this all in French, by the way, because oh. you're not supposed to talk to the judges in English. Do the judges speak English at all? Yes. Oh. I had to ask one of them how to say nosebleed, but I had to ask them in French and then just point to my nose and have them realize I had a nosebleed. <laughs> it was super awkward. <laughs> I so I had to explain to them I had nosebleed and my CD wasn't working and they said wait for the nosebleed to end and then do it without accompaniment if you can and I did I sang it completely completely without accompaniment they had a piano up there so I could hit the right note and it was oddly enough fantastic uh, <laughs> the acoustics in the room were beautiful we were in in the auditorium in Central Central High School, uh, mm. which is a part of the historic Little Rock School District, and it was it was just great. They had great sound system set up, and one of my friends took a video of it, and I was so upset until they showed me the video, and I heard myself, and it was just a moment of I could actually do this. <laughs> I don't sound bad when there's blood clogging up my nose well that's great um the things you learn the thing well it was just one of those moments that really let me know that sometimes you're gonna face some things uh in performing things don't always go well uh anyone who has ever sung in a choir or done theater or any sort of performance knows that something's gonna go wrong one of the nights you're performing and you can get through it, and you can make it work. What is that, Murphy's Law? <laughs> I don't know. If it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong. I, I don't know, but... No, no, if it could happen, it's going to happen. Is that it? Ah, it's something along those lines. <laughs> but if it's going to go wrong, according to Murphy, it's going to happen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it was just really great knowing I could also speak French with a nosebleed. That was fun. <laughs> it's a very nasally language, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, a beautiful nasally it language. It is a beautiful language. It's one, it's one of the romantic languages. The other song I sang for you, Nuit de Toile, is also in French, and then the last one was in English, unfortunately. If I could have <laughs> translated it to French, I would have. I don't know that English came out beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Corbin, what does that mean? <laughs> It just sounded so beautiful. Oh, okay. When you sang, oh. I, I can't word today. My English is, you know. Do you want to try speaking French? Maybe it might come out better. I need to learn it first. Oh yeah, totally. You can come back in five minutes. Right. You can get it. So, uh, Nuit de Toile. Will you tell us about it? Uh, Nuit de Toile is a song also by Debussy and Foray, uh, and the lyrics pretty much go. Night of stars beneath your veils, uh, beneath your breezes and your scents, a sad leer that sighs, I dream of dead loves. Miserable, right? That is. Um, yeah. I sing sad songs. I don't know why. Did uh, you have a bout of depression in your childhood? 
the serene melancholy comes bursting in the depth of my heart, and I hear the soul of my love tremble in the dreaming woods. In the leafy shadows, when I sigh very quietly, you return, poor awakened soul, all white in your shroud. I see again at your fountain, your gaze. Blue is the sky. This rose, it is your breath, and these stars are your eyes. Okay, that that picked up quite beautifully, it, actually, at the very end. It's kind of, it, it's sad and then romantic. Uh, so, well, I mean, it's during that period, the French romantic period, is it not? I think so. It's, I want to say so. The French are just very sad. <laughs> they write a lot of sad books. Uh. <laughs> and sad poems and sad songs, but they're beautiful. They are. The language is beautiful, the country is beautiful, the music is beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, it all comes out quite beautifully. But, you know, that getting to that depressed bit. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But um, I think it's time now for us to play Nuit de Toile. But before I play it, I want to remind all of our listeners again, if they have any questions for Kathleen coming up to the end of the show now, they can call us at 479-979-1490. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Or you can tweet about us at F-T-C-H underscore K-U-O-Z. That's on Twitter. And we might even read your tweet during a show. Now remember, the number to call again is 479-979-1490. And this is Nuit d'Etoile, as sung by Kathleen Mowry. Listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, Community Radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Welcome back to From the Concert Hall. If you're just now tuning in, you're catching the very tail end of our show. I'm your host, Corbin Sturge, and tonight with us we've got Kathleen Mowry. If you've 
been with us this whole time. You've heard a lot of great stories from Kathleen, <laughs> ranging all the way from her beginnings, her grandpa's donut song, which still isn't finished. Who knows? Maybe he'll find the inspiration in this show. We'll get a call afterwards. It'll be done. I don't know. We've heard about her career in high school theater music and work in the church, your, your, your wonderful work at Allstate, and some of your work here at Ozarks. Now, coming to the show, I'm kind of curious, and I'm sure our listeners are curious, what are your plans for the future in terms of music? Oh, man. I kind of have dodged this question from a lot of people. My <laughs> voice teacher, people that I went to church with, Dr. Gorman, kind of. Uh, it's a hard question. Well, it's a hard question because I don't plan for it to be a career. So really it comes down to whether or not I'm able to get into a choir that that's in my community. Now, you said you plan on going back to Little Rock to teach, right? Yes, hopefully. Maybe you could follow in your grandfather's footsteps, as he appears to be the source of a lot of inspiration, a lot of your drive towards music. Maybe you could join the Arkansas... The The Arkansas Chamber Singers? Yeah. That would be so cool. Uh, they're, They're amazing. I forget the name of their director, but he is the coolest guy ever. He picks the best music every time i go there he has funny comments he he, i hope he keeps directing for thousands of years and never stops and just stays his same age forever uh he's great and it would be really cool to sing in the same choir as my grandpa so long as i don't mess anything up right i think that's probably what i'd end up doing I'd end up singing in some sort of choir, and if I was lucky, I could possibly minor in music in some way or get a degree at some point in music so I could teach or at least maybe do voice lessons. Right. I don't know. It's just kind of up in the air. I'm a college freshman. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. It's hard to know (laughs) now. And I mean, even I don't know. I I I came in, I thought I had a plan, and, you know, it's, it's still up in the air. There's so many things I could do, things I want to do, but I think every college freshman still shares that bit of the unknown that's part of the it's part of the awesomeness of going out on your own. <laughs> it's t- okay. I don't know how on my own I am. <laughs> People are always saying you're in college, you're an adult now, you make your own choices. You don't feel like one really. No, I don't. I'm still my parents insurance i get a weekly allowance Uh, they their name is on my car that like who's paying my my like it's like live in high school it's it's just like that except you're a couple hundred you're like a hundred miles away from them (laughs) so but point being if i don't know if i'm willing to to say what the rest of my life is gonna be since i haven't really started it yet mm-hmm. it i'm just gonna wing it and if the rest of my life the only singing i get to do is in the shower then i i will settle but i would like to continue with it well i i see great things for you <laughs> i mean you're definitely an accomplished musician your your voice is absolutely beautiful it's so easy to listen to you flatterer I'm blushing. It's not flattery, if it's the truth. (laughs) Oh, oh my. Corbin, please. (laughs) But, I mean, I see no... I don't know how you wouldn't be in a position like that, unless just time doesn't allow. I really hope time does allow. I I think everyone who's been listening to the show tonight does. (laughs) We, with this show, we've had one of our biggest turnouts in listeners for this show. We even have... A live listing going on right next door in our conference room. So shout out to everyone who's in there. They, I mean, your friends, we all support you. We all love you. And it's great to work with you every day. And get, you know, oh. being a musician, it's fun to watch you grow and fun to grow with you. Oh, 
golly, Corbin. <laughs> I I might, like, someone, please, a, an EMT, come here. I'm about to swoon. <laughs> you are just a doll. Oh. <laughs> so, before we go, we've only got about two minutes left. Do you have any closing remarks for everyone who's listening out tonight? Sing. <laughs> if you don't sing, start singing. If you don't like to sing, you're wrong. You will like to sing. <laughs> Just sing, or at least find some sort of music that gets you going. If listening to Taylor Swift, T-Swizzy, makes you happy, listen to her all the time. If it's Beyonce, who is the queen of everything, listen to her. If it's Bach or Mozart, go for it. Find music, sing music, do do music. It's great. It's it changes your life. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have for tonight. But before we go, we'll hear your final song, "The Garth and Lullaby." It'll play us out. But again, before we go, we want to remind everyone they can keep in touch with From the Concert Hall through the week through our email, which is from the Concert Hall Radio at gmail.com. That's all one word, no caps. Just from the concert hall radio at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at FTCH underscore KUOZ. We even have an Instagram because we're that socially adept at KUOZ Concert Hall. We'd love to hear from you. We love your feedback. We love to know what's going on. And if you heard us during the last episode, we told you Facebook's coming soon. Facebook is coming soon. It should be up by tomorrow. There's been a lot of work going into it, and we're getting ready to release it. So thank you again for everyone who tuned out, tuned in. And thank you, Kathleen, for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Even with Zach gone, I know his spirit's still here with us. I'm sure he's listening in at home. And I know if you were here, he'd say thank you. It, it, it's been so much fun. Thank you. This has been the highlight of my day. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Next to the sandwich. <laughs> But again, this is Kathleen Mowry sending us out into the night with the Garth and Lullaby. Silent twilights fall